Tough Love is brought to you by my new book, Love Language. It's my memoir that centres around family, music, food and finding love. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia and online. Links are in the show notes for you. And for now, enjoy this episode. So, this is where the tough love story leaves us for now. But this is not the end. Until we get to cuddle in audio form next time, thank you very much for listening. Hello. I know it's been a while. Oh my god, a cockroach. We last spoke in May 2021. Gross. When the Queen was alive, Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine, Australia was yet to be vaccinated for you know what, and I, although I had no idea, I was still months away from being reunited with my boyfriend. Magnus. That day is today. It is 3.44. It's August 2021. In the morning. And... This is what I've waited for. For the first time in a year and a half. Because it turns out we're still worth it. I'm going to go see my boyfriend. surreal that uh, Magnus and I are going to see each other in person as opposed to through a screen in a matter of minutes. (laughs) You are in the car with me as we go to pick him up from the hotel that he has been quarantining in for the last 14 days which honestly has felt like the longest fucking 14 days in history I can't wait to have coffee together like a normal couple in the same room not on a video call ah so much has just happened in the year and a half since I left. Better than anything you can possibly imagine. This is the stuff I'm putting up with. It doesn't matter, I can't do anything when it's going on anyway. That is the sound of my mum vacuuming my bathroom that I specifically told her, don't vacuum it. But no, 
It must be done on a Friday night. It simply must. She will not be meeting her salsa club night friends until my bathroom is clean. Are you done now? Okay. No, you can leave it upstairs. I can start upstairs. You Just leave it in here. Downstairs, downstairs, yeah. downstairs, it's silty. Leave it here, leave it here. I can I do have it. to bring the head. No, no, don't bother. I can, I know how to bring an extension cord upstairs. Let me take you back to where this thing started. I found myself back in my childhood bedroom when the world shut up shop. Like so many of your plans, my grand one, to immigrate to America, to live with my boyfriend, start a new career and take on a new adventure, was put on hold. I didn't know it yet, but my relationship with my parents was about to go to a whole new level. No cleaning, I'm not happy. So this is my mum, Janet. Hi, mum. Hi. Mum and dad split up when I was 18. Many, many packages of sponges. It took them years to be able to be in the same room together, honestly. But now they're good friends and they hang out every Friday night. Okay, okay. Make sure I have sexy voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they call themselves Sexy Janet. (laughs) I am grateful for being here. I want to savour this time with my parents, but... I've always struggled with my family. Italian dad, Chinese mom, that's meant, you know, expectations and strong values and being very close-knit your entire life. It's good to have you back, but your dream is back to US. Yes. Do you think I'll be able to get back there? Uh, in time, yes, but not right now, maybe in a couple of years. I want to keep you a little bit longer so I can argue a little bit longer with you. <laughs> I want to clean. You won't let me. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I can clean the house on my day off. I just can't do it. And the man at the heart of this story is a microphone-shy Scandinavian sweetheart named Magnus. At this stage, we'd been doing long distance now for three years, so we knew the drill. But at the end of 2019, something had to give. I made the difficult decision to quit my job as a radio presenter. The plan was to finally move to the US, figure out a new career direction, and most importantly, for us to be together. Australia's got a travel ban, we're not married, so a visa is impossible, and, I mean, getting on a plane to America right now is probably not a very good idea. And then another time she found a bong in my bag and she thought it was a vase. So the days blur. Classic. We wake up, text straight away, calls. Guess what I just did? A shower. Calls throughout the day, peppered with more messages, like the food I'm eating, the dog I saw, the sunset, and then a call to say goodnight. Will you let me know when I'm done being recorded? It's this beautiful bookend of feeling loved and supported when you don't actually get to see the person in real life. Okay, but now it's done? And it's the same thing the next day. Okay, thank you. Call you soon. Love you, bye. 
At the end of 2020, it seems like we all made a pact. Next year would be different. It had to be. New Year's Eve was a chance to officially write off 2020. In reality, though, the situation with the virus, my visa, and the odds of reuniting with Magnus were unchanged. I did get to be part of the New Year's Eve countdown on the TV, and the best thing to come out of that was a friendship with my co-host, ABC News presenter Jeremy Fernandez. I have this conversation with my daughter about, you know, when, when you miss someone and when you're feeling sad about that. I always say to her, that sadness that you feel, the tears that are rolling down your face, it's not a bad thing. It's actually love. The sadness you feel is love. Don't mistake it for something bad. It's love that doesn't know where to go. It needs to find a place. And I always say to her, if you're feeling that sadness and you're missing someone or you're wishing for something that can't happen or didn't happen, it's because you're feeling love. And what a gift that is to feel that love and to have someone who loves you and to love back someone else, it means that you're alive and you'd much rather be in that position than not have someone to love, not be loved and not to feel that sadness. In my world, One of the ways I manage the shittiness of not being in America with Magnus is that by being in Australia, I get way more time with my nonna, my Italian grandmother, who I found really hard to leave in the first place. Hi, nonna. You see me? Why am I to the dish? I know, because I couldn't come and see you. I know. I know. I'm worried about you. Nonna's backstory. In 1966, she moved her family from a small town in Campania in Italy to Sydney. Are you taking some vitamins? It was that typical immigrant story of Australia symbolising a better life, the best life. And when we were growing up, we spent three nights a week eating at Nonna and Nonno's house. All the aunts and uncles, all the grandkids, and Nonna would cook these huge, amazing meals. I would be allowed to have a sip of wine. Um, All the adults would play cards after dinner and the kids would run around eating so much gelato. (laughs) He's a naughty boy. Nonna is now 96 and living in a nursing home. So you can imagine that from seeing her family and giving so much to them every single day, someone was always visiting her, now she is largely isolated. I think it's particularly shit with stuff like this because if you feel like you're losing time progressing in your career or if I feel like I'm losing time 
with Magnus, at least I can tell myself, we're young, we'll have so much more to come. But with Nonna, I know that I may only have one more Christmas or one more New Year's. Time, and specifically the loss of it, seems to be on my mind all the fucking time. Nursing home restrictions meant I wasn't able to see Nonna for months, including this big plan that, you know, our whole family had to reunite at Christmas, which just couldn't happen. Eventually, though, things changed. I'm not allowed to kiss. I miss every darling. Miss you anymore. I know, we miss you too. Nipote, nipote. Nipote. Carmelita. I know, I know. I will, and I put my mother. Yeah, I got it. You're not losing time. I know. You're doing other valuable things that you just hadn't planned for. I know. And you were fine? He was fine? Yeah. You lost a bit of weight giving all your milk. Last season, I was wrestling with my career. My job, it turns out, is inextricably linked to my identity. And I don't know if that sort of thing is genetic, but at the same time I was struggling to change gears with my work, my dad, Michael, was going through the same thing. Everywhere that my dad goes, he carries around this little black leather bag that has a tiny pair of scissors inside it just in case he runs into someone that needs an emergency haircut. You know, like Johnny Depp, you know, uh, scissor fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edward scissor hands. Scissor fingers. Okay, all right, well, where do you want to cut my hair? I thought that Dad dreamed of being a flamboyant hairdresser, but today I asked him what made him choose his career path. I was never asked or asked the question, do you want to be a hairdresser? No, it just, was just, okay, you go there and you do it. You know, so you just do your duty. It's just a matter of um, whatever is, works for the family and you don't question it because that's the, the environment. And I didn't find that it was wrong. It was just a matter of duty to your family and that's been my duty for, the, for all my life. When your job is your duty and your duty is wrapped up in who you are, yeah, I I can see how retiring would be difficult. Everyone's told him it's time, but he just can't put down his little scissors. And this has got me thinking about happiness. I went and saw a guy named Jono Nicholas in his shed. So he was the CEO of Reach Out Australia for years. And these days, he runs Wellbeing Outfit, a global company teaching people the healthiest balance between work and life. So if you look at what actually drives our well-being, there's really always three factors. There's connectedness. So human beings are social animals. We don't feel well if we're not feeling connected to others. Purpose. Does my life have meaning? in a macro sense. And then the third one is actually progress. So am I getting better at something? And what I think has happened for a lot of people through the pandemic is that they've actually lost 
purpose and, and progress. In the absence of reward of work that gave you progress, you all of a sudden had to start building that momentum yourself and it becomes really, really challenging. So what's your project? How are you going to be a more interesting human being at dinner than you were at breakfast? What have you done today that makes you a more interesting human being? And once you set yourself that challenge at breakfast, you go, wow, I could read about a gallery. I could, you know, do all these really important things. And that's what we, you know, find out certainly from the evidence that people who have really long lives, the one fundamental truth is that they're curious. They're not more physically healthy, but they're interested in what tomorrow can bring. If you look at some of the great thinkers of the world, like Leonardo da Vinci, the reason he stopped doing so many things is there were so many more interesting things to do. Right? He already worked out how to be a great artist. Now, how about I understand human anatomy? Now, how about I understand this? And, and so that sense of what else I could do? What's my progress? How else I could go to the bottom of the pile and just get better? Once you get into that pattern, there's lots of exciting things you can do. Oh, I love that. I also thought you were going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I was like, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. What did, what did he say? <laughs> In any part of your day, there's going to be things that are more important and less important. Plan out and have a successful life, not a successful career. And the way in which you do that is you build in the discipline of have a successful hour, have a successful day, have a successful life. So get to win the hour, win the day, win your life. Have you put that on a T-shirt? Win the hour, win the day, win your life? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, there you go. You need... Win the shed. Win the shed. You need <laughs> win the hour, win the day on the on the front half. Hello? Hey. What did you say? Thank you. You're okay, thank you. Oh, you're talking. Can you hear me now? I think so. I was just saying, I know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One second, I'll call you back in one second. Oh, okay. Hello? Hi. Oh, my God, perfect timing. I was literally just... Hey, Maggie. Hey. <sighs> saying all that, long distance really fucking sucks. <laughs> I spoke to psychosexologist, author and podcast host Chantel Otten about it. I've had to learn how to feel sad a little bit because mm. otherwise I'm too good at just kind of bottling it up. We'll get taught too much that we have to be happy all the time and that's just depressing in itself. It's just toxic to be happy all the time. Yeah. But you know what? It has to be actually communicated. I really believe in getting on the phone and being like, I'm so happy that you're on the phone with me. I don't have much to give because I'm pretty foul right now. I think if you throw out a word that describes the way that you're feeling, it allows the other person to get on the same level with you and also not come back with, hey, like what's going on with you? Like why are you talking in that way or you just don't seem like yourself? The reality is it's because you're not feeling like yourself and you're feeling really shit. So let's just embrace that and not deny it and accept it. Let's just accept a hashtag foul right now. Yes. <laughs> but you know something? Talking about it on this podcast and hearing from you was incredibly wholesome. Hi, it's Greta. I'm in Australia and my partner's in Germany. I honestly think the only thing you can do is to view the time apart as an opportunity to work on yourself 
and do more of what you love so that when you meet again, you're an even more you version of the person that they love. To be fair, I've been doing a fair bit of that. In terms of health and future planning, I'm staring down the barrel and I've been looking for some control. And that's why I decided to freeze my eggs. And look at my uh, very special dish here. This is very special, my own creation. Omelette with tomato, spring onion and corn. All delicious. And And speaking of delicious eggs, I wonder what mum thinks of me freezing my eggs. Oh my God. It's good, Linda. I'm very proud of you. You're old chook. (laughs) Old chook? I hope that will make a good baby. Your age, I already have two babies. You see? Yeah, that's why I'm still young here. Still young, looking forward to your baby so I can look after it. So hurry up, okay? Egg freezing is one of the very few ways that we've ever been able to say to a woman, this is positive, this is a fantastic thing, you can take control of your fertility. Think about it now. We've got the technology to do something about it. Awareness about egg freezing seems to be exploding in recent times, and I love that. So when I did it in 2020, I saw Dr Jenny Cook. She's a gynaecologist, fertility specialist, and she's the doctor who did the procedure to harvest my eggs. And when we're talking about this stuff, our fertility, there are some blunt numbers that we need to know about. Look, we say that fertility drops after the age of 35, which I think is a number that many women don't realise. In fact, the ideal time to freeze your eggs, believe it or not, would be when you're in your 20s because we've got good quality eggs in our 20s. And most women, I do understand, most women aren't thinking about it in their 20s, and but definitely after the age of 35, your fertility drops. And I would say try as much as possible to have a plan to either use those eggs or be on the, the journey to have a baby by the time you're 40 or, you know, very close to approaching 40, they're the numbers that I think a lot of women don't realise. Mm-hmm. And obviously when, when someone comes to see me, as I said before, we do a, a very thorough baseline as fertility assessment and that just involves questions about what your cycle's like. I, you also ask about what your particular social situation is and then we do thorough blood tests, looking at egg count, egg quality, looking at your ovaries, looking at ovarian reserve. And then I use all those results to paint a picture of where your fertility is at at the moment. And of course, in a situation where your fertility is not as good as what we were hoping it would be, that's a discussion that we have to have as well. It all feels very serious, very grown up. And yeah, I guess we're getting older. My big brother Sam celebrated his 40th birthday. We're really close. And before the family went out for Yamcha, we caught up. He made me one of his signature iced coffees. I've perfected the art of Vietnamese coffee. Which cup do you want? Do you want the one with the handle, the German mustard cup? Do you want the French old school cup or do you want the Nutella cup? Can I have my Vietnamese iced coffee in the Nutella jar that's been washed out, please? Yep. You got the ice? Did you think that your sister would be back here for as long as I have been? Probably not this long, but I guess it's a blessing in disguise, isn't it? Because you got to achieve a lot more than you probably thought you would have Mm. and lay down the foundations in a proper way. 
There's always a silver lining to everything. Um, you know, mum and dad probably got overexcited about having you back when they didn't expect to, so they probably got a bit gung-ho. You know, you're probably lucky you've got, you know, Magnus is the person he is. You know, he's pretty tough and pretty strong and he's used to living abroad and, you know, he, he can maintain a connection without requiring you to physically be there. But, you know, it'll come to an end, you know. Sometimes over-planning will drive you batty. But you have to look at all the good stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm a pessimistic person on the outside, but on the inside, you know, I just um, always look at what's going well and what has this downtime allowed us to achieve. You know, you were going to LA last, you know, whenever it was, with not much concrete going on, whereas now you've got the potential to do things that are really much more concrete than you would have ever imagined. And this 12 months has, you know, allowed you to do that, right? So you sacrifice. You sacrifice a bit of Magnus time for long-term Magnus time, I presume. <laughs> Is that too dark? Oh my God, it smells so good. We're now well into 2021 and the visa thing is dragging on. I visited an immigration lawyer to find out more about how it all works and if we had any options in the meantime. What would your advice be to someone like Magnus and myself and other couples that have been separated for so long? What's your advice in that circumstance or are you just like, Lindy... (laughs) You've got no hope. You know, I've never told these people, you know, give up. I have warned them that it's going to be a long road and we just have to keep trying. You know, I have couples now that I'm lodging applications for and they've basically been, yeah, in a long-distance relationship. I mean, they've seen each other plenty of times and we have plenty of evidence of that, but they don't have that cohabitation. And we're up to about 20 attempts. (gasps) Yeah. With one couple? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tracy! Don't lose hope, (laughs) but it's what you're going to be in for. So once you've lodged five and you get knocked back, don't be like, oh, you know, this is so hard or whatever. Just know that that that, that are numbers that we're looking at. That's how many applications that we've actually done for some of these couples. Honestly, after hearing that, I think I'm going to need another 14 billion Vietnamese iced coffees. (laughs) And you know what? If nothing else, season one of Tough Love taught me patience and acceptance and that allowed me to find a little bit of hope just like Dr Jim Bright a psychologist with over 30 years of experience told me what I'm suggesting is not to become fatalistic not to just lie back and just let the world wash over you having visions having dreams of the future having a a sense of where you want to go is really important don't get hung up on the route that you take to try to get there and be open to the fact that where you want to go now might turn out to be very different to where you end up, which might be better than anything you could possibly imagine. August Getting out in three minutes. Okay, so. Oh my god. So here we are. It's been almost a whole year and a half since Magnus and I got separated. 
the whole time we've just been hanging on and trying to get to this point. And God, it's just been fucking hard. But it's also really been, I suppose, a time where we've had to get closer in other ways because we've had no other choice. (laughs) So it's had to be about how we treat each other. Almost at the hotel. Alright, we're pulling up to the sign. I hope that wherever you're listening to this right now, that maybe you feel positive, hopeful. Oh shit, okay, he's calling. Okay, I gotta go. Love is a podcast by me, Linda Mariano. It's produced by me, Amelia Chapello, and Adair Shepherd, with support from Mike Williams. Want to find out what happens next? Follow Tough Love so you never miss an episode. If you like the show, why not support us by rating and leaving a review? Help us connect with more tough cookies like you. Okay. That's it. Thank you. Love you. Ciao, ciao. Hey, it's Linda. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Tough Love. I wanted to let you know that my book, Love Language, is out now. It's a true story about the ways that we show love. It's a memoir that centers around my family, music, food, and falling in and out of love a few times. I also write about people-pleasing, guilt and perfectionism and, yeah, there's a lot of very juicy scenes in there. So if you like this podcast, then I hope that you'll read the book. It's out now at all good bookstores across Australia. It can be shipped online overseas to wherever you are and if you'd prefer to have the book read aloud to you by me, then you can also get the audiobook. All the links are in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening.